This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 16, Roadkill. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. episode so this episode called roadkill because the the guy the ghost is roadkill <laughs> he's the he's the oh, roadkill he yeah <laughs> which is awful <laughs> not inaccurate but awful <laughs> <laughs> all right so for every cap we get saving people hunting things as always um I think I've mentioned this before, but fun fact, in, like, season eight sometime around then, they had Jensen come in and re-record that line. Like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because his voice had changed so much that it sounded weird. <laughs> um, the boys talking about how, like, they've seen stuff nobody, like, normal people wouldn't ever, like, couldn't fathom, and um, we get a bit from uh, Bloodlust, I think the episode is. Um when they hunt the vegan vampires where Dean's like they're monsters, our job is to hunt monsters and Sam's like, no, our job is to hunt evil. Um, which I love that. I've always loved that bit. We open on Molly Magnamara um, and her husband David and my brain Magnamara immediately connects to true crime for me. <laughs> There's a great true crime book um by oh what's her first name <sighs> gotta look it up now why did I open another tab <laughs> Michelle McNamara um called I'll be gone in the dark which is about the golden state killer she's the one who actually coined the term the golden state killer so hmm. who we now know to be Joseph D'Angelo um but that's where my brain goes when I hear the last name McNamara isn't the actress there's an actress whose last name is McNamara in um Shadowhunters, I think, too. She plays the main character. I don't know. I haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen one episode and that was it. Um, Okay, so we open on Molly and her husband, and they are driving around along Highway 41 in Nevada. They don't know it's Highway 41 because they're supposed to be on Highway 99. (laughs) They are on an anniversary trip and having a disagreement about whether they're going the right way. Um, Because... Molly's like, we should have stopped and asked for directions. And David's like, no, it's in our genetics. Men aren't allowed to ask for directions. <laughs> Which, I think it's funny when guys are able to joke about that. Because yeah. I swear to God, they're useless. Oh, my dad. <laughs> my dad and directions. It's, I swear it's to a God. stereotype for a reason. <laughs> Especially for so, dads. Yes. I feel like. <laughs> yes. Um, so they pass the sign for Highway 41. Um, <laughs> Molly's like, Highway 99, right? Okay. Um, so the Super Wiki has them in Nevada. First of all, uh, so I made this note 
when I was prepping the document. I was like, does Highway 41 have trees in Nevada? And then I was like, let me look this up. And the update, there is no way they're on Highway 41 in Nevada, because as far as I can tell, there is no Highway 41 in Nevada. Also, there's snow. Also, there's snow. <laughs> I mean, Nevada does occasionally get snow. I've seen snow in Vegas. Yeah, you know, not that much, though. Yes, but well, but they're also like kind of up in like a mountainous region, which even in Nevada gets snow. Mountains always get snow. Yeah. It's elevation. So there is no Highway 41 in Nevada. Uh, there used to be a state Route 41, but it opened it, in 1976, and the name was changed to State Route 146 in the early 80s. So I don't know where these people are, but they're not in Nevada. <laughs> Just the landscape, too. They're, they're in Vancouver. Just doesn't look very uh, Nevada-ish. It kind of, if you get into, like, the more mountainous regions closer to, like, the California border. Hmm. I guess that's true, yeah. Um, But they're in... <laughs> not Nevada. There's no way it's Nevada. This road doesn't exist. This road has never existed. <laughs> I don't know where they are, but they're not in Nevada. But, um, House of the Rising Sun by the Animals is playing on the radio. This song comes up multiple times throughout the, the episode. I fucking love this song. It's a good song. <laughs> but as the couple is driving, like, they're bickering and it turns into kind of a play fight which is not a good idea when you're driving. Um, and Molly sees... It's their anniversary. Yes, it is. It is their anniversary. Indeed. It's their five year, I think. Um, but they see a man standing in the road, and when they swerve to avoid him, they crash into the forest. Um, I think they actually hit him, seeing as he dies. <laughs> yes, but we don't get that in this opening sequence. No. Um... In the opening sequence, it's kind of get, unclear. We get like the swerve and then going down the hill and crashing into the yeah. tree. Yeah, because so, the, the fact that they hit him is a reveal later on. Yeah, well, and Molly doesn't remember that. Yeah. Um. Spoilers. So Molly wakes up in the car, crashed into a tree, um, and David is gone. Um, I put snow in all caps because this is only like our fourth episode that includes snow. Uh, I've added it to the spreadsheet. <laughs> And then Molly goes looking for David and walks away from the road? <laughs> Why? Like, Don't where know. do you think you're... Where, if David got out of the car, wouldn't he have gone to the road? Whatever. So, but she she comes upon um, this little cabin, um, and when she goes inside, she finds the man that she saw on the road. Um, and she's like, oh, thank God you're okay. And then he turns around and he's, like, spilling his guts out everywhere. It yeah. is disgusting. I love the supernatural makeup artists, especially in these early seasons. They do such a great job. I think that the effect of him kind of changing between man face and, like, skeletal ghost face oh, is yeah, actually really he, good. When he, like, lunges at her. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, it's terrifying. Like, it's good special effects, so it works well. Yeah, yeah. That's when we get our splash screen. And we cut back in to Molly running back to the road, and she encounters a car, which she runs in front of. <laughs> I mean, Didn't I you guess... you just learned your lesson, like, five minutes ago? Apparently <laughs> not. Um, it stops just in time, and this is revealed to be the Winchesters. Uh, Convenient. Dean yells, oh shit, <laughs> as he slams on the brakes. Um, Molly bangs on the window, and Sam literally rolls it down because the Impala has hand crank windows. Do you remember those? 
Oh yeah, my, my dad's old my last car, car had, had hand creak windows. <laughs> Mine actually had little. Did they? Yeah, had little buttons. But my dad's um, little Dodge Neon from I don't fucking know when that thing was probably his oldest time um, you know, had so, hand crank windows. It's so weird because my last car was newer than my current car, but they had the crank windows. It's so interesting. And this one has the electric ones. So That's so funny. I don't know. All right. The Impala has hand crank windows and you can very clearly see Sam's little arm moving. <laughs> little? He is not little. <laughs> but so Molly's like, you have to help me. Um, and the, she explains the story to them that she, she and her husband were driving there was a man in the road. She swerved. They crashed. Um, and she found that David's missing, and she found the man again. And Dean's like, does he Did he? Does he look like he lost a fight with a lawnmower? And she's <laughs> like, how'd you know? Lucky guess. <laughs> Dean. So Sam tries to persuade Molly to come with them and leave to go get help, but she insists um, on taking them back to her car because she needs to find David. So the boys drive her to where she went off the road, but the car is gone. Um, and Sam tells Dean they need to get her out of here because this, this, uh, creepy man with his guts spilling out everywhere could show up at any minute. Um, this is where we get the first hints that, like, the boys know more than they are telling not only Molly, but the audience. Um, because Sam wants to tell Molly the truth. And Dean's like, well, if we tell Ma- if we tell her the truth, she's gonna go running in the other direction. Which, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, she's gonna freak the fuck out. Um. Um. Molly wants to go and find get go to the police. So Dean's like, great idea, let's go. So they get in the car, and this is where she tells the boys that it's their five year anniversary. Um, they were having a dumb fight. Uh, she says that the only time they argue is when they're stuck in the car. Uh, and Sam's like, yeah, I know how that goes. And we have yet another time that the show compares the brother's relationship to a married couple. <laughs> we literally had it happen last week, too. Like, they basically are. They're, like, attached to the hip. Yeah. There's there's no divorce option for them. <laughs> um, but Molly feels bad because the last thing she said to David was calling him a jerk. Um, she was doing it jokingly yes it was her tone was very like because he's like oh you love it she's like no i don't you jerk like very teasing yeah um and sam's like well you know don't worry we'll we'll find out what happened to david and this is where house of the rising sun starts playing on the radio (laughs) dean's like sam did you do that and sam's like no and dean's like yeah i was afraid you were gonna say that (laughs) and she's like hey that song was playing in our car at the same time and then over the top of the music we can hear a man saying she's mine which is fucking creepy and the the creepy guy from before appears in the middle of the road instead of swerving dean's like buckle up and drives right at him um and the man disappears as the car strikes him but the car dies <laughs> and they have to pull over. Um, Dean is surprisingly chill about the ghost fucking with his car. <laughs> surprisingly chill. Um, so Dean, they have realized that this guy isn't going to let Molly leave. So Dean's like, okay, well, got to fight this dude then. 
and he opens the trunk to reveal their massive arsenal, which Molly is quite reasonably really freaked out by. Yeah. She's like, uh, Understandably. <laughs> I'm just, maybe I'll take my chances with the eviscerated ghost. <laughs> she doesn't know is a ghost. Um, but... The boys explain that they... Well, Dean, Dean explains that they're hunting ghosts. <laughs> I love it. Don't sugarcoat it for her. <laughs> it's so good. Because Dean's like, hey, we're hunting ghosts, and walks away, and Sam's like, dude. <laughs> just drop that on her. Yeah. Um, and Sam explains that the this man that Molly has seen is... Um, they believe he's Jonah Greeley. So Jonah is a farmer who was killed on this stretch of road 15 years ago, and now he haunts the road, appearing every year on the anniversary of his death. Um, Molly's like, fuck no, I'm gone, goodbye. (laughs) Um, I guess her plan is to walk. (laughs) I don't know where she thinks she's going, because her car is definitely gone, and even if it wasn't gone, it it went headfirst into a tree. Like, it's not going anywhere. Um, Dean's like, well, plan A was getting you out, but clearly this dude isn't gonna let you go. Um, and Sam explains that every year Greeley finds someone to punish for what happened to him, and this year it's Molly. Um, she's like, well, I didn't do anything, and Sam says it doesn't matter to ghosts because they only see what they want to see. Um, so Molly takes them to the building that she found earlier, which Dean uh, identifies as a hunting cabin. Um, There are no gravestones or anything outside the cabin. Um, Which Molly's like, what the fuck do you need a grave for? (laughs) Like, I thought we were hunting a ghost. And they explain to her that they need to salt and burn his body. But the problem is, is Greeley's wife claimed the body after the accident and then vanished. Uh, It's most likely somewhere on their property, uh, problem is, they owned a thousand acres, and the boys have till sunrise. <laughs> Fun! Uh, <laughs> Dean is very impatient. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So the boys leave the cabin to look for Greeley's house. Sam tells Molly to stay close, and then she immediately wanders away. <laughs> it's a good thing she's a ghost, spoiler, because this bitch would not survive a horror movie. <laughs> oh, I also- like that we get an explanation of, uh- what salt actually does and why yeah, it works. I think yeah, the we first do get that in a minute. That we yeah. actually get that. Um, this is something I didn't mention that Molly is played by Trisha Helfer, who more nerdier people than me <laughs> will recognize from uh, Battlestar Galactica. She that, played. That is the one sci-fi I have yet to see. <laughs> I'll get to it eventually. Um, I can't remember her character's name. Cyborg, what right? Was or something? her character's name? She played number six. I think she's a Cylon? Cyborg? Something like that. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not Robot familiar. Lady. I don't know. I did, honestly, I have learned that apparently there are a lot of Battlestar Galactica actors that make appearances in Supernatural, and she's just, like, one of the first ones. Huh. Um, I know... She's very pretty. She's gorgeous. She's also super talented. Yeah. Like, she does a fantastic job with this episode. Um, there's an actor who makes an appearance in season nine, Tom O'Pennicott, who was also in Battlestar Galactica, and I always think- I know he was in- I didn't know he was in Battlestar Galactica until I was listening to the season nine episodes of Monster of the Week, 
Um, and Chris and Jeremy kept calling him Battlestar Galactahunk because that's what they recognized him from, but they couldn't remember his name. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, so Trisha Helfer plays Molly McNamara. Um, she does a fantastic job. Um, but Molly is not the brightest because she immediately wanders away. Granted, she hears what she thinks is David's voice. Um, she wanders off from, gets separated from Sam and is attacked by... Um, Greeley, but Dean is to the rescue when we get this badass shot <laughs> of him because he comes out of nowhere and basically sticks the shotgun right in Greeley's face and then shoots him like one-handed. It's a it's sawed off, I think, with rock salt. Um, yeah, it's a sawed off shotgun. Yeah. So and then Dean's like, "Hey, follow the creepy brick road," <laughs> and they head off down this path into the woods. Um, Molly. Like, like Beeb said, this is where we get an explanation about salt, which I love. I think I kind of mentioned this previously, but this is the first time it's actually, like, explained within the lore of the show. Why salt? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, this is the only time I can remember so far of what I've seen that they explain. Yeah. The significance of salt. Yeah, which I... It's kind of an important detail, because I guess we kind of all just were like, okay, salt. They use salt. <laughs> And never... They explained goofer dust, but not salt. <laughs> I feel like they must have explained it at some point, but Did now they? I'm not know. sure. And let me... Well, because, I mean, they've the never had to really wiki. explain it to anyone before. Because both the boys already know about it, you know? Yeah, here, let me... Salt. Um... Boop, 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 boop. Pilot. They find it in John's hotel room, motel room in the pilot. They use it as a, as a... They use it in a weapon. Um, in Hookman. This is where we get the rock salt. In the shotgun, and Sam says salt's a spirit deterrent. Um, they use it in Asylum. Use it in Route 666, Hell House, Providence. They use it a lot. They use it a lot, yeah. But I don't, it doesn't ever, it doesn't say in any of these, if in a previous episode, they explain why salt um, before now. So as far as we can remember... This is the first time they've explained why salt. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sam's explanation is that in most cultures, salt is a symbol of purity. It keeps away unnatural things. Um, which is true. Um, you always, um... The even, same reason you throw salt over your shoulder. Yeah, I've, like, seen examples in, like, I don't know... Like ghost hunting salt and lore. type things or like horror movies where the like salt was used as like a barrier, yeah. you know? So according to the super wiki, um, the practice of putting down an enclosed ring of salt or salting the doors and windows of a room for protection lies in the lore that a vampire or demon cannot cross the line without counting each grain. Huh. The impossibility of this task thus prevents the demon from crossing the threshold or line and thus a thicker line is used where the threat is greater. In vampire lore, it's not required to be salt. It can be any form of grain. Um, according to Christian demonology, demons, the devil in particular, hate salt. Salt is used as a talisman against evil. 
Rock Salt worn as an amulet, for example, for preemptive defensive magic to dispel enchantment and a variety of spells both ancient and modern. The popularity of salt could be related to the fact that salt is a natural preservative and antiseptic that has long been used as a purifying agent in folk magic. In some Christian rituals of baptism, especially in Catholicism, salt is put on the lips of the, te- of the child during the ceremony of the baptism as a symbol of wisdom. <laughs> the dislike for bread can be explained because it represents the body of Jesus for Christians and is transubstantiated into his flesh during the Mass. Um, salt's power may be attributed to its purity... However, there are those who hold that in magic, salt may actually represent semen. Oh, okay. (laughs) Wasn't expecting that. In 1977, rock salt and a rock salt shotgun were used in the Doctor Who episode Image of the Fendal, written by Chris Boucher. The rock salt was used to kill the psychokinetic phenylene. I don't know how to pronounce that. Oh, interesting. I don't know that originated from Doctor Who. That, that might be where they got the, the rock, rock salt, salt shotgun, the shotgun huh. idea. Huh. Interesting. I wonder, let's see, who is the doctor in 1977? Or us Whovian fans, let's see. But yeah, according to Sam, the way Sam explains it in this episode, he says, simple remedies are always the best. In most cultures, salt's a symbol of purity, so it repels impure and unnatural things. Same reason you throw it over your shoulder. Uh, Tom Baker. The fourth doctor. And a great oh. do- and a great doctor too. Is he the one? The scarf guy. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Yep. Which one's the one whose daughter married David Tennant? Uh that's Peter Davison, who is the uh fifth doctor. Fifth doctor. Okay. Interesting. Alright. We went on a Doctor Who tangent. They've just been waiting for that opportunity. I'm a Whovian nerd. Hello, <laughs> Doctor is. Who. <laughs> She's even got a TARDIS bedspread. It's adorable. And a TARDIS, um... Blanket. License plate cover. And a TARDIS license plate cover. <laughs> a lot of Doctor stuff. So. She's cute. My nerd. Mm. Mm. My nerd. <laughs> Alright, so the boys um, and Molly uh, encounter a house in the woods. Uh, Dean says, just once I'd like to round a corner and see a nice house. Which is fair, but <laughs> this house has been abandoned for 15 years, Dean. Um, there are no grave markers outside, so they head in and split up to look for burial records. Um, Sam and Molly go upstairs and immediately find a room full of paper. <laughs> it's just everywhere. <laughs> it looks like the filing cabinet just threw up yeah. on this room or something. It's I don't understand why the paper is all over the floor, but okay. I guess... Convenience. <laughs> yeah, I guess Jonah's wife had a freak out about the paper before she <laughs> died, but whatever. So, Molly finds a photo album, um, and in it, they she even finds a, a love letter that Jonah wrote to his wife, um, and she's so confused about how someone able, capable of that much love could become something so evil. Um, and Sam explains that spirits like Greeley are like wounded animals. Um, they're hurt, and they're lashing out. Um, and then in life, they may have been good people, but y- they usually have some kind of unfinished business that's keeping them here. Whether love, it's... Um, oh, sorry. You can keep um, Whether it's revenge or hate, it's something that they, they can't let go of, so they're trapped in a loop, just replaying their tragedy over and over. Um, I like how throughout this episode, Sam's, like, subtly hinting to her 
kind of uh-huh. about her own situation, you know? And not just hinting, but he's also trying to present being a ghost in a more, like, humane and, positive like, way. gentle yeah. way, you know? Because, like, essentially a vengeful spirit is a, is a, a human soul that is just stuck on earth that couldn't let go, that was so angry or usually angry about something that it couldn't let go of it and is now stuck, you know? But, like, the way that Sam puts it, like, and I often starting think to plant of, these, like, ideas in her head and, like, yeah. help it more. When I think sometimes throughout the show, I think sometimes throughout the show we forget that ghosts were once humans, you yeah. know, that they were people. <laughs> Um, and Sam is, like, very gently explaining to Molly that this is a person, but it's, like, a simplified version of the person. Like, if they're, it's only a fraction of a whole person, you know, it's focused in this one moment in time, and it's hurting, and it doesn't have any way to express itself or to, like, fight, you know, fix things. And so all it knows to do is to lash out at those around it because it doesn't have any other options, you know? Mm -hmm. And ghosts do sometimes get a little more nuanced than that, but for, like, the sake of just a vengeful spirit like Greeley, like, that's basically kind of what he is, is he's a wounded part of a person that's stuck here. Um, Which I think Sam has a very positive outlook on ghosts in this episode. I'm not sure about how much of it he actually believes, and how much he's saying for Molly's sake, like you said. I but think he's... I think it's a beautiful way of looking, looking at, at it. Like, or a happier way of looking at it. Well, as they kind of say at the end, you know, it's like a hopeful yeah. outlook on it. Like, so... You know, it's more of the positive yeah. spin on it. Well, I think part of it is because, like, Dean's like, I don't care about him. I hate him. It's all burn the bones, get rid of it. Just a job, you know? But Sam cares more about who was this person once upon a time, you know? Like, Sam wants to sit down with Molly and look at the photo album and read the love letter, you I mean, know? it's not often they also get to have a more human interaction with a ghost like this, yes, you know? Yes, definitely. To actually, like, sit down definitely. talk to them. You know, they don't have any idea what's going on. Uh-huh. And, like, actually hear their story, you know? Yeah. And it, ma- think... it makes them seem more human and mm-hmm. relatable. Which mm-hmm. is something they don't normally get with the monsters yeah, that they have. Yeah, because usually the ghosts we encounter are just that. They're just a ghost, you know? Like, Constance Welch in the first episode, she's a vengeful spirit. They're usually um, going you know? after them. Yeah. <laughs> they're, usually, they're not usually in a chatty mood. <laughs> they're usually very dangerous. Not up for a conversation. Um, so... Dean, we, the real reveal that Dean has heard at least part of this. Um, he teases Sam for this like kind of romantic outlook on ghosts, um, and is like, "Me, I hate him." Whatever. Moving on. Um, he didn't find anything downstairs, but he notices that there's something behind a dresser. He pulls it away from the wall and reveals a small door, um, <laughs> and then kicks it in. <laughs> I never noticed until this watch through that, so he turns around to kick it, which I've always thought was pretty funny, but it makes sense because it's low down. Like, if it was a full-size door, he'd be kicking it, like, the, the, around where the handle is, um, because that's the part that's keeping the door closed, and so that's what you want to break. Um, 
but since it's slowed down, he can't do that. So he turns around to do it, and he kicks it, and it doesn't do anything. And he turns and looks at it like, like oh. seriously? Like, like he's genuinely a <laughs> I little... I underestimated you. <laughs> a little surprised it took two kicks. Um, but he gets the door open and crawls inside. <laughs> and they discover a, like, hidden room. Um, it smells Dean, like old lady in here. <laughs> Dean says, it smells like old lady. <laughs> And then he turns a little, like, quarter around some furniture, and he's like, oh, that explains it. Because they found the body of Jonah's wife, who killed herself out of grief um, following his death. So, um, Sam's like, well, like, come help me, we'll cut her down, we'll bury her. Dean's like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> no, um, I don't want to touch a dead body, thanks. <laughs> but Sam persuades him, and they bring the body outside and bury her. Because um, Sam insists that she deserves to be put to rest. I mean, while the boys are working on burying um, Jonah's wife, who doesn't have a name, um, <laughs> Molly wonders what happens to spirits after they're put to rest, uh, which is a very good question. And the boys admit that they don't know. Um, Sam's like, well, hopefully they go somewhere better. Then uh, he reveals that John used to say that burning bones was like death for ghosts. But even with that, like, explanation, they still have no idea. Um, and Sam's like, well, I suppose that's why ghosts hang on to life so hard and why people in general, you know, it's a fear of the unknown. Um, this episode gets surprisingly deep, I'm realizing. Yeah, like, very, very philosophical. Um, and honestly, I think that's, like, a very true statement, is... Like, people fear death, but I don't think they actually fear dying. They fear the fact that they don't know what's beyond. Yeah. You know? Um, I like the... But he says that, like, even, you know, ghosts are afraid of death. Yeah. That's why some of them stick around, you know? Exactly. Because they're afraid of the unknown, too. Well, like... Um... Like, in the first episode of this season, when Dean's talking to Tessa, uh, and he's like, well, what's next? And she's like, I can't spoil the surprise. Yeah. You know, she's like, I don't, can't tell you. You have to take that step into the unknown. It's it's a part of the cycle of life, you know, regardless of whether you're religious or, you know, and even if you're religious, like you don't truly know what happens after death. You just have belief about what you think might happen. But yeah, it's just, that's one of the things that I like about death is that it is, the death is, we call it, like, the great equalizer, and, and, you know, everyone's the same in death, but it's also, like, we all have the same fears about death, and some people are able to be, like, move past those fears and accept it, and some people don't, but we all, initially, at least, have the same thoughts of, like, well, I don't know what, to step into the darkness, you know? Yeah. This episode is very deep (laughs) um molly tells sam that the only thing that she's scared of is losing david um and sam's like well we'll make sure you see him again so they go back inside the house and i don't know why they're just sitting around because they are wasting time because they said they're saying a little bit that they have two hours until sunrise um but for now they're just kind of standing around (laughs) Or Dean's sitting. Dean's sitting. Dean, who was so impatient <laughs> earlier, is sitting. What? Um, but the boys are kind of having a 
quite argument about whether they should just tell Molly the truth about David. Um, Sam wants to tell Molly the truth. Dean's like, no, stick to the plan. Um, he's like, I know you feel guilty, but, like, this is for her own good. Um, and Molly overhears them, because she is right there. There's no door. Why did you not think she would hear you? Um, <laughs> she wants to know what they're not telling her. Uh, but before they can decide whether or not they're going to actually tell her, House of the Rising Sun starts playing again. This time... From a radio that's not even plugged in. <laughs> well, I'm assuming the plug is still in the wall, but the cord has been, like, chewed through. Um, so that's creepy. So. <laughs> it's a ghost radio. It's a ghost radio. Controlled by a ghost. Um, I think it's, like, the back, like, the, the, the door in the kitchen, the window on it frosts over, and the words, she's mine, are written in the, the frost. Um, and this draws the boy's attention away from Molly, who has backed up to the window, uh, and this gives Jonah Greeley the opportunity to smash the window open and grab her, and the two disappear into the night. Um, and the boys run after them, but they're just gone. Which, considering the fact that they're ghosts, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, poof, <laughs> goodbye. Um, I'm assuming Molly probably has some, like, like, she imagined being dragged to the cabin full on, but, like, it probably didn't happen. Poofed there, probably. Probably. Um, so the boys, this is where we learn that they have two hours until sunrise. Um, and they really need to find where Jonah's body might be. Um, Dean, or Sam notices the open photo album that Molly left on the kitchen table. And there's a picture of Jonah and his wife taken in front of the hunting cabin and it's dated about two weeks before Jonah's death um and Sam's like well this isn't that's definitely the hunting cabin but I swear there's a tree right where they're standing uh and then we see a little light bulb go on (laughs) Uh, he explains to Dean that there's an old country custom of planting a tree as a grave marker um and this is where we get our (laughs) You're like a walking encyclopedia of weirdness, <laughs> which is one of my all-time favorite supernatural quotes. I love it so much. And Dean is not wrong. First the alligator scales last week, like, and now this, like, Sam. Sam just knows random shit. <laughs> also, I totally forgot that Dean walks away and Sam's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sam's brain is just full of the most random knowledge, and I love it. Um... How he, that that man? I mean, I guess considering the amount of driving they do, he must read so much in the car. Uh, he must not get car sick. <laughs> I can't read in the car. <laughs> I can sometimes. Sometimes I can. Sometimes I can't. It depends. Like how hydrated am I? How much have I had to drink? How long is I have I been in the car? Uh, that sort of stuff. So, but the boys rush to the hunting cabin where Molly is tied up and being tortured by Greeley. Um, who tells her that his wife is gone, uh, but she's still here, and he can punish her, essentially. Um, Dean busts in, uh, and fights with Creeley while Sam, uh, digs up the grave. Dean busts in and shoots Creeley with his rock salt, um, uh, <laughs> and Molly says, thank God, and then Dean goes... 
Call me Dean. <laughs> Why is he this way? <laughs> I love it. It's so cla- It's so cheesy. It's so classic, Dean. Um, Greeley makes a reappearance, and he throws Dean across the room. Boy, does he. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, and we cut out to outside where Sam is digging up the grave. Uh, we very faintly hear Dean yell, hurry up, Sam, <laughs> which I have never noticed before, and I don't think the subtitles even picked up. Yeah, I like, don't think it did. You hear Dean yelling. <laughs> um, but inside, Greeley gets a knife um, that is surprisingly clean for having been left in a cabin for 15 years, but okay, maybe he, that's all he does in between all things, is clean his knives. <laughs> I don't think he what actually like he, it, he only appears once a year for like this one night, so I'm assuming he's just like in the void somewhere. Um so Greeley's planning to kill Dean with this knife, obviously, but just in time Sam salts and burns the bones. And it actually we, works. And we get the most dramatic ghost death. <laughs> like he's like it's so slow. <laughs> he like so like sh- shrivels up and drops the knife and then disappears. It's 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 very dramatic. Uh, but yes, the salting and burning actually works this time. One of the few times it actually does. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's see. Of the episodes that we've covered so far, um, they don't do a salt and burn in pilot. They salt and burn a... or they burn a craw... or a, the, the silver thing in Hookman. Um, Asylum is the first one where the salting and burning actually works. Route 666, they try to salt and burn the remains of Cyrus, but it doesn't work. Um, Hell House, I think they burn the house down. (laughs) Uh, At the end of that episode, um, they salt and burn Isaiah Merchant in Providence, but he's not actually the ghost. Devil's Trap, nope, nope. They don't salt and burn the ghost and no exit. Um, and now here we are in Roadkill. So this is only like the second time that they've salt and burned a body that it has worked because it See? is the right I told body. You it's like yeah, finally you're right. One of the few times it's worked. This so is far. only number two, and we are more than halfway through the second season. And we've seen a lot of ghosts so far. We've seen a lot of ghosts. <laughs> oh, I love this show. <laughs> so the boys take Molly back to the Impala. Um, and she is like, I'm not going anywhere until you fucking tell me what's going on. Like, you're hiding something. Is David dead? Um, she, she's like, you have to fucking tell me. And Sam's like, no, David's not dead. He's alive and we'll take you to him. Um, apparently David's living not too far from yeah, this car accident site. Because I'm assuming it took them max 30 minutes from when, like, Molly was taken to, like, getting back to the car. Maybe 45 minutes. Um, because Dean says at that point, like, when they run back into the house, that they have about two hours till sunrise. Um, and they get to David's house, like, I assume maybe 10, 15 minutes before sunrise. So they've got, like, an hour. Also, when, uh, before this, when Dean sees the Impala again, he he's, calls it baby. 
Is he this does. the first time he does it? No, I think this is like the second or third. Because <laughs> I feel like the last time he did that, you were like, is this the first time? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, did, did I already make that <laughs> so, comment before? Yes, in a previous episode, but I don't remember which episode. Okay, never mind. I, don't I thought it was episode. the first. <laughs> no, it's at least the second. Um, but yeah, so they David is apparently not living very far because it at most takes him probably an hour. Hour and 15 to get to wherever he's living. It's right before... It is right before sun- sunrise, though, because it's yeah. not long after they get there that the sun. Yeah, I'd say up. it's maybe ten, fifteen minutes tops before sunrise. Well, probably it's probably more like five to ten minutes. I'm just guesstimating how long it probably took them to explain the whole story to her before the sun, like finally, like actually rises. Um, but. Because I'm just thinking, timeline-wise, I'm probably overthinking this. So, Molly gets taken, the boys run back to the house to try and find, like, figure out a lo- where the bones might be buried, and Dean says they have about two hours. Um, and then they arrive at David's house, like, ten minutes-ish, probably before sunrise. So that's like an hour and fifty minutes. So I'm assuming it took them thirty-ish minutes to, like... I, Sam dug that hole real fast, but granted, it wasn't very deep. Um, 30-ish minutes to, like, burn the body, save Molly, get back to the car. So that leaves him a little less than, an, like, an hour and a half tops to get As we know, Supernatural, the, the time, granted, timeline yes. is never very This is the same show straightforward. <laughs> where the boys arrived at a house at midnight, and then, like, 30 minutes later, it's sunrise. They're not the best about timing. But what episode was that? Bugs. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. I don't hate that episode as much as I used to, but the timeline of it will get me every fucking time. <laughs> um, okay, getting back into this. the They arrive at David's house, um, and she runs up the steps and sees him through a window. Apparently he gets up real fucking early. Uh, the crack of dawn. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's like... Um, when did this episode air? Um, 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 February. So, it's like late February-ish in Nevada, apparently. <laughs> Nevada, uh, in quotation <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like late February-ish, so... Sun's not rising as early it's not, like, rising as late as it does, like, in, like, mid-December, January. So, I don't know when the sun would usually come up in February in Nevada. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it's probably not as early as we might think it is, considering the time of year it is. Because it's, pro- it's probably, like, six or seven. Probably seven-ish, you think? Yeah. What time did the boys get out to the mill? Of- they have two hours till sunrise. Why are you not taking advantage of the whole night? <laughs> but, okay. Um, so, we see David, like, pouring coffee. And then we see a woman come in. They kiss. And Sam says that that's David's wife. Uh, and this is where the boys reveal to Molly that she died 15 years ago in the same accident that killed Jonah Greeley. 
That was 1992. It's now 2007. Um, and I love this. We kind of flash back to the, the boys, like, discussing the case and how there's been 12 accidents, five fatal in the last 15 years. Um, and all the survivors say the same thing, that a, a woman appears in the middle of the road chased by a man covered in blood. Um, and then we cut to the boys in a, a library looking up a news article about um, the accident that killed Molly and Greeley. I love, yeah, the, the, the you know, that we get the... We, like, get the... The exploration super, and the um, research at the very end to yeah. like, tie it all together. They're like super condensed case. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also love that this one is a ghost haunting another ghost. Mm-hmm. That's a new one. I like that too, yeah. <laughs> um, we get them talking to David and learning that Molly was cremated. We get, you know, Molly waking up in her car, Sam telling Molly that some spirits only see what they want. Um... And then we cut to the moment when she ran out in front of the road, and we learned that right before Molly ran up to the window, Sam told Dean that he doesn't, he didn't think Molly knew she was dead. Um, which I love that, like, reveal. The, I remember the first time watching this episode yeah, being like, too. oh my god, she's a ghost. Yeah. Holy shit. That's why I love like, this episode. It's yeah. Just- it's just oh. such a different, like, POV, you know, yeah. the whole time. We get, I love it because we get this outsider perspective and we, like, on the boys and hunting, and we also, like, are getting a ghost perspective, which is so interesting and cool. It's so cool. I love um, it. But I also really love the way they laid out this episode because usually in an episode, we get the research get, more at the beginning. Yeah, you get yeah. all the research and you get them, like, trying and failing and all this stuff, but this episode allowed us to focus entirely on Molly and Molly's, like, arc of learning that she's a ghost and the boys guiding her through this, mm-hmm. like, adventure, this one-night adventure to this big reveal. And it it makes us really care for Molly so that when, in a minute, when she decides that the best option for her is, really is to just let go, like, we feel for her you know like we, we feel because they they establish her and david like as a couple really well at the beginning and we're like oh they're so cute they're a little bantering and bickering and that's adorable and we're, we're looking and so we want her to get back to david yeah and then we're trying to you know from her perspective we're trying to help her get back to david the yeah. whole episode and then we we're want- finding out that oh she's a ghost and she's been dead for 15 years like yeah and then we're like well now we want her to heal you know like we want her we want this ghost to be at peace because that's what we want for ghosts in this show um because they're people yeah because they're they're people yeah sam explains that um greeley the the person that greeley punishes every year is molly um and she's like why don't i remember that and sam says that's because you couldn't see the truth um that's why he wouldn't let her off the highway because she's the one who killed him um, this is the point where I was like, oh. And every time I watch this episode, I'm like, how has David not noticed these guys standing in his front yard? I know, right? <laughs> they're literally, like, sitting on the steps, They must talking. have, like, their, their, their dining room must be towards the back of the house. Because, like, we can see them in the kitchen, David and his wife, and he's, like, getting coffee. But the wife, like, moves past him. So I'm assuming heading towards, like, a dining room or something. And... 
So I'm assuming they're, like, sitting in the dining room having their morning coffee and not able to see the front of the house, really. (laughs) (laughs) But, and you know they'd probably recognize the boys, because we know the boys have talked to David, so I'm just just like, how long have these guys been standing here? Also, we assume that- how has no one noticed them? The boys can see her, so that means probably anyone can see her, right? Yeah. That's- I would assume so. Um... Because she, because she doesn't know she's a ghost, she manifesting as a person. She expects everyone to see her, and so they do. Um, you know. So (laughs) imagine waking up in the morning and like going out to get your newspaper, and there's two guys who came around asking about your wife's death 15 years ago, and your wife (laughs) standing in front of your house, and all, oops, turns out she's a ghost. Like, (laughs) it's a very good thing that Molly didn't go talk to David, because he would have, oh my god, Dean was right, she would have freaked him out for life. (laughs) Yeah, like, that poor guy would never have recovered. Oh. The, the boys explained that, you know, David has already said his goodbyes. This is Molly's unfinished business. Um, Molly's like, well, what am I supposed to do? And Sam's like, well, I don't really know. <laughs> but Sam thinks that if she lets go of whatever is holding her here, which would be David, um, that she'll move on. Um, and they don't know where, but she doesn't belong here. Um, and it's time for her to go. So and Molly knows that they're right. And as the sun begins to rise, she she walks towards it and then disappears in this burst of light. It's a very fast sunrise, by the way. Um, (laughs) Welcome to TV. (laughs) Um, Dean asks Sam if he thinks that Molly's going to a better place, and Sam says that he hopes so, and Dean's like, well, guess we won't know until we die. (laughs) And Sam says that it doesn't matter um, because hope is kind of the whole point. Yeah, Um, I like that quote a lot. And the Dean has to ruin the moment uh, by saying, all right, well, well, all right, Haley Joel, let's hit the road. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fun fact, I've never seen The Sixth Sense. Neither have I. <laughs> also, The Office spoiled the ending for me, so thanks, Dwight. Oh, I've had the, the, the ending spoiled <laughs> for me, too. I actually had a um, professor, um, my producing, pro- production professor, um, she actually worked for, like, Miramax and Buena Vista. That's cool. And, yeah, and she was one of the producers who greenlit The Sixth Sense. Oh, really? Uh-huh. That's cool. She talked about um, reading the script um, in line at the DMV, the, the Los Angeles DMV, because <laughs> she'd flown... To, she'd flown from somewhere to Los Angeles and realized when she got to Los Angeles that the rental car company at the previous airport she'd been at had kept her driver's license. Um, I don't know how she got all the way through. I guess this is pre-9-11, and you could do yeah, that. Yeah, things are different um, <laughs> So she had to go get a new one, because that afternoon she was getting on a plane again. <laughs> and she was going to need another rental car at the next place she was going to. So she was in the line at the DMV, and she was like, well, I have this script that I've been carrying around until I had a chance to read it. Um, and so she read it for the first time in the line at the DMV. She's like, there's this old Asian guy in front of me who definitely wanted to know what I was reading when I got to the, the reveal because I freaked out a little bit. <laughs> he was looking at her like, what on earth? It's funny that so they have that she- 
quote too because it kind of ties into exactly, the yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. That's why Dean makes the joke. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> Haley Joel Osment is an actor who played the boy who could see and speak to dead people in the sixth sense. So yeah, that's easy. I see dead people. <laughs> I should watch that movie. I'm sure it won't be, like, as effective since I know the reveal, but... Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I... I think that is it for this episode. I think we've gone through the whole thing. I love this episode so much. That should be the title, I See Dead People. (laughs) We all saw dead people this episode. (laughs) Oh, this is such a good episode, though. It's a good one. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites mm-hmm. this that I've is, seen so far. <laughs> I, this is one of my favorite Monster of the Week episodes. It stands on its own. It, if I am in the mood for Supernatural and I just want to sit down and watch an episode, this is one of the ones I'm most likely to pick because some of my other favorite episodes, I feel like I have to watch the ones around. Like, I like I can't just, like, drop into the middle of season five <laughs> and just pick a random episode. Because a lot of those episodes are very, you know, main arc heavy and, you know. So while they're very, very good and there's many episodes that are, in, like, outside of the Monster Week ones that I love, this is one of the ones that I'm like, if I want to sit down and just watch an episode of Supernatural... I'll put on Roadkill. I'll put on Red Meat. Um, Another um, reference baby or... to Doctor Who. This is based on what I've seen so far, like, to Supernatural, what Blink is to Doctor Who. Just a really good Monster of the Week episode that's just, like, a good one to go and watch when I'm in the mood. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing because it's told from a different perspective that you normally get in the and, like, the storytelling, you know? Yeah. I love when they mess around with the perspectives and give us this outsider. Because we we see the boys as they themselves, like, see each other, you know? And, like, we we see their interactions, and it, it all feels normal, because to them it is normal. But then you get, like, the scene where Dean just opens the trunk and you see all the guns, and Molly's like, oh, fuck, did I get picked up by serial killers? Like, what's going on here? And, like, getting that outsider perspective of these fucking weirdos <laughs> is the best. It's one of my favorite things when the, the show does it. Yeah, exactly. the boys are weird. They're weird. <laughs> like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. <laughs> it's, just, it's like the same thing in Blink, you know, seeing the doctor from an outside perspective. Yeah. And the weirdness of time travel, you know? I love. I like when shows get to play around. It's with fun. That. I like the different POVs. It's, mm-hmm. it's really good. It's really fun. And this episode gets into some kind of deeper thoughts of like you know what happens after a ghost is killed, quote unquote. It's like, can you kill a ghost? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's how it works. After when a ghost like moves on, like what's beyond that? And yeah, you don't really know, and that's. Half the fun of it is the surprise at the end. <laughs> That's a really weird way of putting it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I love this episode. It's a good one. Trisha, like Helf- Trisha Helfer does a fantastic job as Molly. She's, I mean, she's an all-around super talented actress, but she just fucking kills it's it. It's always fun when you have a series with, like, established main characters 
where one episode you get a completely different main character. Yes. And the story is this centered episode, around them and their viewpoint. This episode is not about Sam. It's not about Dean. It's about Molly. Yeah. And Sam and Dean are the side characters assisting her on her journey towards reaching what she... what Because what she wants is to get to David, but what she needs is to realize that she's a ghost. And to be able and to move on. Yeah. Move on, yeah. And I love the, like, little hints we get throughout that, like, something is up, but we mm-hmm. don't know what. And then the big reveal, like, uh, actually, you're dead. <laughs> like, when did this episode air? Um, February 22nd of 2007, I believe. Yes. Okay. So, end of February. Or no. It, it, it act, no, actually. That's the, um, that's the date. The date, which I actually think they say in the episode. The date they say in the episode is February 22nd. The date that it aired is March 15th. It's really funny, because look what aired the same year. Oh, Blink aired in 2007. <laughs> There's just so many similar themes I know to it. I've I seen wonder Blink, if they, like, but it's been a long inspired time. each other a little bit. I don't know. They came out the same year, though, which is interesting. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, I think this, like, outsider perspective is something that a lot of, like, long-running shows do. And obviously, Supernatural is only in the second season, but it's something that I think every show kind of does at some point. Especially if it's in, like, the sci-fi genre. Um, This episode was written by Rail Tucker. She has written or worked on some of my favorite episodes. Dead in the Water, Faith. Mm. Uh, She did Salvation. Her last episode was What Is and What Should Never Be. That's a good episode to go out on. That's a good one, yeah. That's a great episode to go out on, because What Is and What Should Never Be is a fantastic episode. Oh, it was directed by Kripke? I didn't know that. I like What Is and What Should Never Be. Um, I can't wait till we get to that. That is in a couple of weeks, because next week we are talking about Heart. I'm very excited. <laughs> and Babe is not quite so excited. <laughs> oh it my should gosh. be entertaining. That's it's going to sure. be a good one. <laughs> oh, oh, that fun. is it for this week, I do believe. Unless you have anything else you wanted to talk about, my love. I think we've covered it all. As we said, season two has lots of good episodes. Season two is just chock full of good episodes. I love the overall plot of season two and then I love the monster of the week episodes of season two. It's it's one of the things with the first season of a show they're usually kind of like figuring stuff out you know and you get some really really good stuff and you get some okay stuff and you'll get a couple of episodes that you're like eh <laughs> yeah. you know and, but then season two is often where a show in my experience really hits its stride and is like here we go. Yeah. Like, we have found, these are things that work, let's go for it, let's have fun, you know? What's the next two after Heart? Um, Is that a two-parter? Yes, we are covering... We're going to try to do that. We are. We're going to do our best. Next, Mm. so next week you're doing Heart, and the week after that we have Hollywood Babylon and Folsom Prison Blues. Are that our last two for the year? Or is that the first one for next year? Those are our last two for the year. Okay. I do believe. Yep, because the, that episode will air on the day 26th. after Christmas. Day after Christmas. Fun. Um, neither of those episodes have anything to do with Christmas, so. <laughs> yeah, we can get quite get to the Christmas special by the end of the year. Yeah, no, that was not happening. <laughs> um, and then our first episode of 2022 will be what is and what should never be. 
just say another it's actually really kind of works episode. for the beginning of the year huh yeah i think it's a fun kick it off with some big ones but yeah next week we are covering We're heart and i'm fucking psyched. getting close to the end of the season oh my god we'll be on yes. season three heart fools in prison blues i'll have a babylon that i said those backwards <laughs> heart Hollywood Babylon, Fools in Prison Blues, um, What Is and What Should Never Be, and then both parts of All Hell Breaks, of All Hell Breaks Loose, which we will be covering together. I'm not gonna... I really want <laughs> to cover them together. So it is a two-parter. They did air... They did air on separate weeks. Um, like the, I For some reason, I thought that they aired back-to-back the same night, but they didn't. They aired one and then the other the next week. Imagine that season... Oh cliffhanger my between the two. <laughs> God! <laughs> At least they gave him a part two. Yeah. If part if, if they waited for part two until the beginning of season three, imagine, oh my God! Imagine if I you would, left that as oh the season finale. Oh my God! <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a few weeks. Uh, in the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear and you haven't already, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean's our home base, all those fun places. Um, and if you are able to, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It helps the algorithm, helps more people find us. If you want to reach out, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at we need to talk about Sam Podcast. I need to upgrade our Instagram. Upgrade, update. I haven't touched that thing in probably two months or so. <laughs> um, and we're also on Tumblr and TikTok at We Need to Talk About Sam. I run all of those accounts, but if you want to follow me personally, I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and The Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, my love, where can the people find you? You can find me on what? Li- wow. On Life Flows on 3. <laughs> on Twitter at Life Flows on 3. And Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. Awesome. Thank you guys again so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Unstuck my caps lock button. <laughs> it's fine now. It was it was literally ten seconds ago <laughs> when I hit caps lock to type in the name of the file. Uh, it was sticky, and then I was telling you how it was sticky, and I like picked around the edges of it a little bit, like kind of pulled it up, just very gently, and now it's fine. Well, I unstuck it. <laughs> You fixed it. <laughs> fixed it. Didn't mean to fix it, but you know what? Okay. Not complaining.
I never actually watched Spongebob. I saw, like, bits and pieces of it, um, because it... You've never seen Spongebob? No. What? Um, so, like, I've seen bits because, uh, some kids I used to babysit liked it and their parents were okay with them watching it. But for starters, my parents didn't get cable until I was in college. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Um... <laughs> Legit, I moved out, and like a couple months later, my mom's like, we bought this big screen TV, and we now have Xfinity, look! Like, and I was like, really, mother? Really? Uh, <laughs> so, I've seen like bits and pieces, and like I know the theme song and stuff, but also my mom didn't think it was appropriate for children. <laughs> yeah, my mom had mixed feelings about it, <laughs> but it's great. say something really funny but off topic that I can move to the outtakes at some point during this episode because we got none. <laughs> it's your last week of school. It is my last week of school. Ever. Oh Ever. Well, we'll see. Go back. I, no plans. <laughs> the future. Zero plans. I'm good. I mean, I'm sure like come the start of like around the time I'd be starting next semester, I might be like, oh, kind of wish I had class, you know? But, as of right now, I am done. <laughs> Ready to be done. I'm not actually done, but I am very prepared to be done. You're very close. I have six days left, four of those that are weekdays, so. And I have a whole list of assignments that are due. I have something due almost every single one of those days. So. So close. Oh my god. I'm so proud of you. Blink his beep. I haven't heard a single thing about graduation. I applied to graduate. I got an email about applying to graduate. And I emailed my honors, or the the head of the honors program, a couple weeks ago and was like, hey, I haven't heard anything about my like how I go about making sure that I get my associates and honors like we talked about. And she was like, oh, you don't need to worry about that. Just come in and get your cords, which I plan to do on Monday. And that's it. That's <laughs> that's all I know about graduation. <laughs> I do want my cords because I am a sucker for memorabilia. I still have my cords from um, my high school graduation. Um. <laughs> yeah, I still have mine too, somewhere. So, I also, I somehow ended up, with my high school graduation, I somehow ended up with two tassels. So I have one tassel that is actually on my hat still, and then I have the one that's in my car. That was cool. So, because I am a basic bitch, and I have my graduation year tassel hanging from my rearview mirror. I think it's cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Aw. <laughs> so... But yeah, I need to, I need to, oh, my parents are, I think they left for Hawaii on Thursday, actually. Oh, did they? Um, yeah, so my brother's alone with the dog at home right now, and if you want to, at some point next week, we could be on Thursday or Friday, I don't know, we could go out to their place and stay ahead of the dog. Sure. And collect a bunch of my stuff. Yeah. I don't know where I'll put said stuff for I've now. Been... 
But I've been wanting to meet him for a while, so. My brother is home alone with the dog. Um, and he loves the dog, but he tends to, like, forget the dog exists. <laughs> so my mom was like, please come spend time with the dog. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. So, yeah, so we're gonna let, go. Just let me know when. Yeah. We're gonna go say hi to Titus at some point next, in the next week or so. Which will be fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a little while since I've seen him. He's a cutie. I miss that food. planning on moving in together in the next couple months yeah so that's exciting it's very exciting we have to find a place (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've been looking at a couple there's one i really want to tour that i've delivered to and like doing doordash a few times that i think looks really nice it's a good location it's a good price like, the floor plan looks nice. It allows pets. It's got what they call, like, a nature preserve. They have a big body. Yeah, like, a big, so nice. a really big pond and, like, big green area on the property, which I think sounds really, like, really nice. So, yeah. I really want to tour that one if we can. Yeah. I think that'd be really nice. I think that would be a good mm-hmm. option. Also, it, they're only two-story buildings. Are so they? you don't have oh, to worry nice. about dragging massive... <laughs> furniture up like three flights of stairs as someone who lives on the third floor right now that would be nice and had to move (laughs) up to the third floor yeah with no yeah i lived on a lot of these new ones do have elevators now though too yeah a lot of the newer ones have elevators it's the older ones that don't um which is nice for furniture (laughs) my first apartment was actually on the fourth floor but it was a fully furnished apartment so while we were moving with boxes um my second apartment was on the second floor. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think it was on the second floor. Um, and now I live in a basement. <laughs> but both of my, both both times I lived in, like, my quote-unquote own apartment, it was student housing, um, there wasn't, like, an elevator, so. Yeah. Like, when my dad brought my mattress to... S- <laughs> to my old, my second apartment, you did to take it up the elevator. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. It's gonna be good. Me too. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, we're one of the few uh, lesbian couples who didn't U-Haul. Yep. <laughs> yep. Not not of a lack of wanting. Yeah. To. <laughs> not out of a lack of desire. Like we've wanted to move in together. Since Pretty much like right away, honestly. Yeah, since we were like a couple months into dating, at least mm-hmm. we started talking about it. And but I was like, I did, I don't ha- have the capacity to get a job, because I was in my third to last semester. So at the time, like I was partway into my into a fall semester and had two more left, and there was no fucking way. Yeah. That I would not have survived these last two semesters if I had had a, a job, full time or part time. Like I wouldn't have made it. Um, so I was like, I just need to focus on graduating, and then 
<laughs> we'll go from there. <laughs> so, and now I have one class period left <laughs> and four, like, actual days of quote-unquote school. It's finals period, so, and yeah, and then I'm done. So I need to find a job. <laughs> Fun. I hate job hunting. Everybody hates job hunting. I know I'm going to apply to one of my previous workplaces because it was really good work. Is data entry paid really good? It has benefits. So when I'm eventually off my parents' insurance, like if I'm still there, I'll get benefits. Um, I'm going to try applying for the same place too. Yep. If we can get on the same schedule, that'd be awesome. It would be amazing. We could just carpool there. Exactly. You know how much gas we'd save? <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Especially considering, at least at the moment, your car. Is a gas guzzler. <laughs> the goal is hopefully to have a new car before we move. Yeah. We'll see if that happens. But <laughs> my parents said hopefully by January they can help me with a new car. So. That'll be nice. New used car. Yeah. But, you know. New to you. <laughs> new to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you looked around at some models? Not yet. Thought about it a little bit? Do a little research. Yeah, I need to. So you're like prepared when the time comes. I know shit about cars. I just know... I was specifically looking for a car that had good gas mileage that was considered to be pretty reliable and ended up with a Mazda because they get great gas mileage (laughs) and are extremely reliable cars. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I like my little Mazda. It's almost 10 years old. Is it? It's a 2012. I drive a 2012 Mazda 3. At least yours isn't 22 years old. (laughs) (laughs) My first car was. My first car was a 1998. Hmm. It was a 1998 Chevy Lumina. It was ugly as fuck and I loved it. Mine's a 99 Honda CRV. It had. It's old as fuck. Yeah. It had. Surprisingly durable for how yeah, old it is. <laughs> it's going, it's still going. Um, mine had velvet seats, like like the velvety fabric seats. Oh, nice. You know, um, and it was the front seat was a bench seat, but it was actually like separated. Like it was a bench seat, but it was two seats. That's weird. So they moved free of each other, and then there was like a divider cup holder that sat in between that could pop up or down. Huh. Um, so I could actually have three people in the front seat. Like there was a middle lap belt uh-huh. uh <laughs> um but yeah it was a cassette player but it, the cassette player didn't work it was like mine <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if it got too hot too fast it just stopped working it would just stop <laughs> fun <laughs> oh that's fun <laughs> oh but yeah it was a good it was a good first car i guess pretty decent gas mileage considering it was almost as old as me (laughs) that's impressive it got decent gas mileage the problem was that the gas gauge once it reached about the halfway point the little needle would move as i like sped up and slowed down 
Oh, really? Yeah. So I never actually fully, like, once it reached a certain point, I didn't know how much gas was in my car. <laughs> oh, no. I learned through, like, kind of trial and error. I never ran out of gas, but, like, pushing it a little further each time that I could go 400 miles before I definitely had to fill up my tank. Before, or that's before I got anxious and was like, nope, got to put gas in my car on the way to work tomorrow, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was a old lady car. It's I had, like, six or seven different kinds of air freshener during the time I had that car, and it permanently smelled like old lady. <laughs> and not old lady like the old lady the boys encounter in this episode. <laughs> that's dead old lady. Ugh. This smelled like that, like, weird old-fashioned flowery smell yeah that <laughs> grandmas seem to love that's what my car smelled like it made my mom laugh so hard yeah <laughs> my mom literally gave me a yankee candle air freshener for christmas like in my stocking <laughs> she's like i can't take it anymore. <laughs> it was great oh uh, it was a good car actually it sucked but i loved it <laughs> It was like my first car. It was ugly as fuck. Here, let me pull up a uh, 1998 Chevy. Hey, my first car was a Chevy too. Lumina. Mine was a Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> this is my car. Except it was that weird, like, brown gray oh, yeah. color. It's very 90s looking. Oh, yeah. It was like this color. That, like, weird, like, gray-brown. That's a 96, but they basically look the same. Um, but yeah, mine was this color. I think it was a little more brown. So it's a boat. But yes. Yes, <laughs> in fact, it was. It it's, was, in fact, a boat. It's definitely a very 90s-looking car, um, for sure. I don't remember how long they are. You want to see my first car? Let me see what the length of it was. I don't remember was. what year it was, though. Something. I don't know how many <laughs> how many feet is 209 200.9 inches oh, yeah. my first car was almost 17 feet long Holy for cow. reference the impala is about 18 feet long <laughs> so i was literally driving a boat <laughs> this is my first car babe chevy cavalier <laughs> Cute. I feel like it's like required for a first car to have all the issues. The I had a major leak in my power steering, so I had to constantly oh, be filling it up with like uh, steering fluid like oh, twice no. a week. Oh, that's and that shit's expensive. And if I ran out, I'd be like, <laughs> like yanking oh my the God. yanking the wheel because it wouldn't move. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, no, mine... And the AC was broken. Oh, yeah, mine... My AC <laughs> broke the last... I only had it for, like, a year. My AC broke during the summer. Um, in case you were not aware, in case you somehow made it to episode 36 and didn't know this, we live in Utah. <laughs> summer in Utah, it's not a, It's not Arizona. But it's... <laughs> not Florida, but it's, it's hot. hot as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it is so fucking hot. Um, and, like, we're in northern Utah, too, so, like, it doesn't get as hot as, like, St. George, where it can get up to, like, Arizona temperatures, but it still gets damn hot. Um, and yeah, my AC went out, like, at yeah. the beginning of the summer.
picking up cars. I was. For she a was for a minute. She was thinking about a Kia Soul. Which would be a good option. <laughs> I love my friends. <laughs> Awkward! <laughs> uh, a Kia Soul would be a good option. It's a good size. Like, uh-huh. It's not a big car, but it's not really a super small car. They're really good cars. Uh-huh. Like a good, good gas mileage. They handle well in the snow, apparently. And well, considering where we live, <laughs> kind of important. Yep. It took her an hour to do what should have been a 20-minute drive yesterday because it was snowing. And my car does well in the snow, too. And her car does well <laughs> in the snow. But it was Of course, everybody bad. else doesn't do well in the oh, snow. Oh, no. That's the other problem. I swear to God. <laughs> the snow, like, the last bit of snow melts and Utah drivers just completely forget how snow works and Even then when most it, of us have done this like our whole lives yeah and then it <laughs> snows again and everybody's like i don't know what to do <laughs> or they think they know what to do but actually they really fucking don't <laughs> they, they don't at all they think they can still go oh like 10 over the speed yes. limit on an icy road Utah drivers are the worst just because you have a truck doesn't mean you can do that yeah oh still my gonna God. slide <laughs> Ugh. I had a patch of ice on my way to Maverick last night. I was going like five miles an hour around a corner and I hit this patch of ice and fishtailed and freaked out for a second. <laughs> I was like, nah. I hate driving on icy roads. Yeah, I avoid sucks. it as much as I can, but I do have to do a DoorDash this weekend and this next week. Well, because I need money. I don't think it's going to snow again until Tuesday, so. God. Oh, the problem is, is we need the snow. That's the thing. Yeah, it's but like, I don't like it. I hate it, but we need it because the more it snows down in the valley, the more snow we get in the mountains, the more water we have come next summer. So, yeah, science. But I hate, I hate the fucking snow. Well, science doesn't have to drive in it. <laughs> Ha 